0: Cars toppled buildings entire, and tires just crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the fences inform me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I I see some people running now. And the opinion of this reporter, if this nation or in fact the world ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Fire & Water podcast, part of the, who could guess, Fire & Water network. Uh, I'm your host, Rob Kelly, and of course, since I'm doing the intro, that means the irredeemable Shag is not here. He's in line for Deadpool right now and he couldn't do the show. So filling in for him this week is our pal, Chris Franklin. Chris, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing good, Rob. How are you?
1: I'm doing just fine. Thank you so much for subbing for shag at the last minute. I really appreciate it. He's completely irresponsible is ditching the show this week, but <laughs> but uh <laughs> we've got a more than more than able substitution. Uh, uh the reason Chris is here is because he is the closest we have in the uh, network here to a Starman expert <laughs> and we are going to be covering Uh, The gift that keeps on giving, first issue special, uh, in in this case number 12, which was Starman, the new Starman, uh, introduced in that series. So so Chris is going to be here to talk about that. But before we get to all that, we have some other things we we need to get to. And, of course, we're also going to do a little thing on Batman v Superman, the big trailer dropped today. But before we even do that, we have to thank our sponsor, which is InStockTrades. InStockTrades.com is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 40% off. With free shipping of uh, for fifty dollars or more. Chris, what do you have?
2: I have Starman Volume Two, Night and Day, trade paperback. This collects uh, Starman the Volume Two series, uh, seven through ten and twelve through sixteen. This is the James Robinson Tony Harris series from the nineties. Uh, this is actually from the first uh, set of trade paperbacks released from Starman. It's even got the old the old DC bullet on it uh (laughs) he says
1: tearfully (laughs) yeah
2: i'm crying right now uh it's of course it's out of print but in stock trade still has it it collects the second set of starman stories including the second big story arc sins of the child which cindy and i are covering on the next episode of supermates plug
1: very nice
2: Uh, the uh starman that we're covering in this first issue special michael thomas and i We'll discuss how you pronounce his name later. Okay. Uh but that's the uh the Americanized version of his name. Uh he gets a spotlight in issue number fifteen. Uh that's it's it's like his own issue uh in that story arc. Uh, so I thought that was a good one to spotlight. I can't recommend uh Starman enough and this is actually a good sampler of what the series was like. The original price was seventeen ninety five. In stock trades price is nine eighty seven. You save forty five percent and you get a lot of great DC stuff from the 90s proving not all 90 comics were bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing to remember. Uh, Exxon, That sounds fantastic. Uh, my choice is the Golden Age Starman Archives, Volume 2, which collects the Golden Age Starman Adventures from Adventure Comics, numbers 77 through 102. The writers are Gardner Fox, Alfred Bester, Don Cameron, Joe Samoxon, and others. Artists Jack Burnley, Mort Meskin, George Russis, Emil Gershwin, Sam Citron, and others. The cover is by Jack Burnley, and man, this cover is beautiful. It just got a shot of Starman punching a star in the face. All these stars and moons have these uh, anthropomorphic faces. But the artwork is so simple. It looks like Alex Toth. I mean, it is it is gorgeous. I was really struck by how beautiful this cover is. And I'm not that familiar with Jack Burnley's work. But, man, I want to read these stories if they all look this pretty because this thing is just simply gorgeous. Uh, The Archive Editions, of course, are these beautiful hardcover collected books. The normal price is $59.99 in stock trades price is thirty two ninety nine that is forty five percent off that looks uh, that looks like a really great collection and thirty three bucks is a really good price for you know so these really the the, the archive editions which were really really handsome books so um, for this and all your other trade paperback needs visit in and we thank them for their support um... we also have another sponsor uh, like we did last week uh... we have uh, the other sponsor is the only living boy from paper cuts Get ready for the high adventure with the new Children's Adventure series, The Only Living Boy. Harvey Award winners David Gallagher and Steve Ellis' critically acclaimed web series to print is now a riveting graphic novel exclusively from paper cuts. When Eric runs away from home, he finds himself lost without his memory on a patchwork planet under a broken moon. He may be the only living boy, but he's not alone. The world is filled with dangerous creatures fighting to decide who is the hunter and who is the hunted. He'll need help from mermaid warrior Morgan and Thea, an insect princess, to escape the foes pitted against them by the dreaded lord of Balakar and the fiendish Dr. Once. Can Eric defeat their evil plans and find his way home? Mental Floss calls the only living boy an all-ages adventure book inspired by pulp serials, Saturday morning cartoons, Jack Kirby, and even the music of Paul Simon. The Only Living Boy, Volume 1, Prisoner of the Patrick Planet, is on sale at bookstores everywhere March 8th. Learn more at olbcomic.com. So, Chris, uh, before we get into Starman, big news dropped today in the world of superhero movies, the third and quote-unquote final trailer (laughs) to Batman v Superman. So uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know,
2: every I have to say every trailer that they released is slowly breaking me down. <laughs> it's slowly making, it's slowly pulling the geek out of me saying, you want to see this? Yeah, you do. Look, look how good Batman looks. His cape's moving around while he's beating the crap out of these guys. You know, it's like, this is Batman. He's in the comic book costume. It's closest we've ever got. You know, he's acting very Batman like, you know? So I, I, I mean, it's getting, it's getting me. I'm, I've been very guarded about this because I've went you know, I've said before, I don't, I I like Man of Steel. I have issues with some of it. I don't hate it like some people do. I have issues with the tone of it more than anything. Um, you know, and I really don't want more of the same just over and over and over again. Um I'm getting more of a fun feeling from this each time I see a different trailer. I'm hoping, you know, despite the antagonism obviously between the characters. That there are some light fun moments alfred's got some good quippy lines jeremy irons seems to be making a great alfred which it's jeremy irons so he's you know more than likely going to be a great alfred but Mm -hmm. he's got that dry humor um you know uh like the, the batman scenes alone just won me over because it's like okay they're doing you know it just looks like it literally looks like a batman comic come to life you know and uh that part there got me. And it's, it's interesting. This trailer seems to be more from Batman's perspective. The last one kind of was more of Superman's perspective and made Batman look like a nut job. <laughs> uh, which, you know, I kind of honestly want Batman to be in the wrong in this one because I'm kind of like Mark Waite. I don't want Superman to really ever be wrong. Mm-hmm. He can be. He can be slightly misguided momentarily but he course corrects quickly you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because he's because he's superman he's supposed to get this stuff figured out uh batman you know by his nature of the modern comics is is often you know it often misjudges things and and he's character he's got character flaws out the wazoo you know so uh i can accept him being wrong more than superman uh but this time it looked like you know it made batman not look quite as nuts as we (laughs) <laughs> from the last trailer uh, and you know wonder woman looked great what we saw her and and uh, gal gadot got to you know actually have some lines in it yes time, yes
1: which yes. you know
2: she sounded good looked great that uh, looks like maybe was that bruce wayne on top of her in the bathtub is that what we saw no,
1: that's that's clark and lois Oh, was that
2: Clark and Lois? Yeah, okay. I, well, I, I
1: had to watch that a thousand times because it goes by so fast. But I, we, we had it at work, and I was watching it and get to call it, get to call it work. Uh, but yeah, that's that's Clark and Lois in the tub there.
2: Okay, I thought for a minute. See, I, I looked, I watched it a few times, but I guess I didn't blow it up enough to examine it. Mm. Uh, but I, I guess uh, it, her hair looked dark. It just didn't look like Amy Adams, but. Um, I thought for a minute they were getting okay. They're going Justice League uh, Unlimited with this, and we're getting <laughs> Batman, <laughs> Batman, Wonder Woman romance. Uh, but no, that, that's good that it's Lois and Clark, I, and I hope they stick with those two, and we don't get the the you know the new Fifty Two Superman Wonder Woman romance because you know, honestly, who wants that? Uh, right. So, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I, it 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 broke down more barriers. I, I was going to see it anyway, but I, I see myself each time. Thinking, okay, I'm go- I think I'm going to actually enjoy this. <laughs> you know, with uh, you know, I'm still a little guarded, but not as much. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I am going into this with a lot of skepticism, just because it looks very CGI heavy. Uh, Zack Snyder, I think, loves his CGI backgrounds and his CVI, CGI vistas. Right at the point where audiences are starting to sort of turn away from that aesthetic. I
3: mm-hmm. mean, you
1: think about how much. PR, uh, Lucasfilm and Disney did with with Star Wars, saying this is practical. This is all practical. Yeah. We built, we really built, uh, you know, an ad ads. Uh, we really built a Millennium Falcon. We really built this. And right at that point, now they've handed the keys to Zack Snyder, who just loves basically putting his his actors in front of these giant vistas that are all made up of ones and zeros. So that yeah. trouble that troubles me a little. Um, I liked that scene of Clark and Lois in the tub, like frolicking, because it looked like wow, they actually. Get to kind of be like a fun couple, which yeah. you never even got to see really in even any of the Christopher Reeve movies, really. No, they really. they're always sort of like at odd, you know, back and forth. And then when he finally reveals his identity, then he gets beat up in the diner. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you ne- they never got to be a fun couple. So if they do that, that'll be interesting. Uh, of course, I couldn't help but think that scene of, of Lois where she's like fr- frantically cl- clawing around underwater. That's a good time for Aquaman to come in into the story, maybe. Yeah, that's you know, right. We don't know. Um, I am very happy that we got to hear a Gal Gadot talk because mm-hmm. there was there was, you know, rumors flying around that you know two trailers in a row and you don't hear her talk. Are they worried? You know, are they trying to hide the fact that maybe she's not a good actress? But I mean, you only hear one line, but at least there, you know, okay. Um, you know, she, they, they're, they're, It was a strategy, and in fact, she's actually going to be in an, in another movie that comes out in just a couple of weeks called Triple Nine, which is a heist movie, mm. and it, apparently she's got a fairly large part in that. So uh, anyone who's really interested in Gal Gadot, uh, I guess you could track down that she was in one of the Fist and Furious movies, but she's going to be in this movie Triple Nine, and I really want to see Triple Nine anyway. So that'll be interesting to see uh, Wonder Woman there. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm guarded. Uh, everything I've seen looks looks cool. I love that Batman is blocking Superman's punch and yeah. the look the look on Superman's face of like what? <laughs> I'm like that was good. It's a good way to end the trailer. Yeah. Um so yeah, yeah, and I agree with you all the Batmans have look really cool. I love the idea of you know Alfred saying I'll drop you off at the second floor and you see Batman jump off the plane and come up through the floor. Like that's a very Batman-y move and so yeah. uh it's it's interesting. I mean Affleck really is kind of Playing nuts, Batman. I mean, the whole like there's a 1% chance. Like, yeah. blah, blah. And I'm like he's, he's Dick in it up big time. Yeah. But I but I figure that he <laughs> his his arc will be that you know that yeah. he of course he he is at, at his apogee of his rage at the beginning, and then of course he then you know him and Superman become buddies and the Justice League and blah 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 blah. So yeah yeah it, it's uh, it's interesting and it's a uh, little little more than a month away. Unbelievable. That we're going to get to see this. So
2: it did kind of surprise me that we didn't even get a hint of Aquaman because he's on so much of the merchandise that's already out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we haven't seen Flash or Green Lantern or Cyborg either, so I guess they're they're holding all that, which I appreciate. Like I sort of I, I appreciate the fact that Spider-Man has not appeared in any of the Civil War trailers either. Yeah, I love the idea. It's like you know what? We have enough to sell this movie. We don't need to show you Spider-Man. So when he shows up, it'll be such a treat because you haven't seen it. Right. So, uh, yeah, it'll be neat to, to, for Aquaman, to, you know, to pop in. That ought to be pretty amazing. So, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I, the one thing I thought just on a pure, like, weird marketing level is at the end of the trailer, it doesn't give the date. Yeah. You know, it says coming soon. That's a very odd thing. That's normally what you put at the end of trailers when you're a year away, not a month away. I mean, everybody knows the date at this point. So that, that, that just seemed odd to me. Like, why doesn't it say March 25th? But, you know. I don't know, whatever reason. But uh so yeah, and boy, they dropped it out of nowhere. There were no hints this was coming out today. Yeah. You know, they all of a sudden it was like, Whoa, I was I was on Twitter and like Jeff Johns is like, Hey, there's a new Batman V Super Metro. I'm like, What? Like, okay. So <laughs> uh yeah, it it's uh, it'll be it'll be really, really interesting uh as to what everybody feels about this. This is the first time we've ever seen this. So yeah, and like I said, it's only only five weeks away. Wow. So getting yeah. loud now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right Yeah, well, it's, Shag will just stay in line He's in line for Deadpool right now So, uh, Actually, I think he's in line for that Nicholas Sparks movie, The Choice I think that's what he's in line for <laughs> Even though that movie's already out I, I didn't want to explain it to him um, Anyway, that, that was our little talk about Batman v. Superman, the final trailer We wanted to mention that Especially since it just dropped a couple of hours ago So we're going to take a break now We're going to run some trailers for some shows By some buddies of ours And when we come back We are going to discuss first issue special number 12 Starman. Movies,
3: TV, comics, music, pop culture affidavit has it all. It's everything random in the world of popular culture, and it's all covered by me, Tom Panneries. New episodes drop monthly at 2TrueFreaks.com. And be sure to check out blog
1: posts about random pop culture topics at PopCultureAffidavit.com. Pop Culture Affidavit, the sworn testimony of a dork.
3: who's who podcast being said by the irredeemable shag
1: for me because you know she's a crazy hot raging woman and now i can't not see that but if you want more on her check out the from crisis to crisis podcast and also someone for the love of god started a will payton blog please um just saying all right all right shag you don't have to beg huh, well that could be nice anyways here you go shag just for you monthly the star man adventure hour adventure wait a minute I like Starman and all, but I don't know if I can talk for an entire hour about Will Payton. Huh, I know. I'll include another great 80s character I love, Mark Shaw Manhunter. The Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour. Available monthly on iTunes and at Starman-Manhunter.headspeaks.com. Also part of the Headcast Network. Come join the fun. And we're back, and like I mentioned, we are going to talk about first issue special number 12, Starman. I never get tired of these first issue specials, Chris. This series, it's just, uh, I don't know who we're going to have on to talk about Dingbats of Danger Street, but we're going to have to do it. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, this issue set is is, uh, cover dated March 1976. Um, it's uh, written by our pal Jerry Conway. He's also the editor. Joined by Mike Vosberg and Mike Royer, and the name of the story is just simply Starman. And in honor of Chris and his sh- him and Cindy show, Supermates podcast, I actually wrote the synopsis. Woo-hoo! I'm not just going to vamp through through 18 pages and have a lot of ums and errors. I actually wrote a synopsis. That way we could get through this clearly. So, everybody, bear with me. This ought to be uh, a little bit easier to follow. A blue-skinned alien lands in the Bronx in the middle of the night. He seems addled and is ganged up on by some crooks. Uh, the alien makes short work of them and wanders off into the night. A few minutes later, in another part of town, some cops and an army colonel are investigating what looks like a crashed spaceship. It explodes, killing the police inspector. Even later, this Starman wanders into a gun shop where the owner points a rifle at him. Starman emits a high-frequency sound from a pendant around his neck, which makes the gun disappear. Then the alien passes out. Up on the dark side of the moon, there is a domed city. Inside it is a similar race of blue-skinned aliens. The one who seems in charge, Comac, slaps an underling for letting the Starman get away, getting so mad he uses force beams from from his eyes to immolate him. A beautiful woman named Lady Cornell wants to know how is Komak going to find Mikhail Tomas, the Starman? The answer is a gargantuan warrior named Turan Ka, who will go to Earth and bring Starman back, or he will die. In Chapter 2, we flash back to how and why Mikal escaped. Knowing that her people plan to invade Earth, Mikal's lady friend Lysa plans to sneak off the moon and warn Earth. She is blasted by a guard and vaporized, which drives Mikal into a frenzy. He detects the guard, only to be knocked out from behind by another guard. He is then put on trial in front of Komac, who sentences Mikal to death. McCall escapes, and then the story bumps back to the present, where we see him wake up in the house of the gun store owner and his wife. They nurse him back to health, and in a short time, he explains who he is and why he is there. He then tells them he has to leave because he knows Comac is on his trail. That same day, the police inspector is buried, and the, army colonel is picked up, uh, the sergeant, his sergeant friend is picked up by the army colonel, who takes him to some sort of space shuttle floating in the Harlem River. The ship is the craft of Turan-Ka, who catches up to Starman and attacks him. This issue ends in a cliffhanger, with Starman and Turan-Ka face-to-face, ready to battle to the death. Now, before we get into the larger history of this, what did you think of this individual story, Chris?
2: You know, I actually think this is a really good start to a series that unfortunately... <laughs> it never went anywhere. ...never went anywhere. I mean, this is actually, you know, if if you look at what DC was publishing at the time, I think this is a fairly unique comic i mean they just there wasn't dc wasn't doing space opera that that comes to mind i mean i know they they had the legion of course and the superboy superboy and the legion series but as far as as doing anything uh you know i mean obviously superman's an alien and things like that but there weren't this a few years later you know this would have fit in perfectly with you know uh, uh after star wars uh any of the network tv uh, TV networks would have killed to have this premise as yeah, a TV yeah. show to try to cash in. I mean, you could see this being like a TV series, uh, and you know, uh, the, you know, the aliens on Earth and the, the other aliens are coming to get him. And I mean, you know, it's yep. so. I mean, it, it, it. I think this really had a, a good shot of, of going somewhere. I think maybe more so than some of the other uh, first issue specials, except Lady Cop, of course. Yeah, you I
1: know. Th- thank. Good thing you said. <laughs>
2: but you know, I, I really, I think this, this actually had a lot going for it. I mean, you know, uh, Jerry Conway, of course, you know, the man in the seventies, the man just, I mean, he threw away ideas that anybody else would just die for, you know? Yeah. So, so, I mean, he he was on fire. So, uh, but I mean, yeah, I, 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 it's a shame that it just, it didn't go anywhere. And I thought, uh, I thought the artwork was solid. There was a very strong Steve Ditko vibe. Um, I thought to a lot of the artwork. There's a little bit of Joe Kubert who did the cover. Did the cover, and, yeah. And and it's it's which is nice. And I mean that's a great way to start it. But um, and Mike Vosberg went on to to do you know quite a bit of other work in comics. But uh, I don't know how much he had done before this. Uh, I didn't really look into that. But it's, it's you know it's it's got a it's got a very for the time modern. Progressive look to it. I mean, and uh, yeah, I just it, It's it's like you just I, at the end of it. It's like why
1: didn't this go somewhere? You know. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's interesting how much uh, and they talk about this in the editorial page that Conway wrote about that they were so confident that the... Maybe not confident, but they just... This this was built into the idea of First Issue Special that they really thought all these concepts were going to spring off into their own series that they didn't bother to write kind of one-and-dones in, in a lot of cases. I mean, this right. Starman story stops right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you are expecting it to go... And they fully didn't plan to do Starman in the next issue. They thought, oh, no, no, if this is a hit, we'll continue it in his own book. Now, that never happened, but it's... it's for, for, you know, these these old 70s comics are very dense story-wise. And as I was reading it for the first time, I really expected it to wrap up. And when I got to, like, page 17 and uh, Turan Kha shows up and he finds Starman, I'm like, how's, he gonna wrap, how's Jerry going to wrap this up in two pages? And I'm like, oh, he doesn't. Oh, okay, we're really just stopping right in the middle of the story. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a nice-looking book. Um, Rosberg and Royer do a nice job. Visually, they're borrowing a ton from John Carter of Mars. I mean, all yeah. the all the costumes are right out of John Carter. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, and that's that's fine. I mean, it's it, I mean they're not from Mars; they're on the moon, um, which is kind of amazing that no one's ever discovered this domed city and all the other <laughs> adventures the Justice League has had on the moon. Yeah. Superman's out on the moon. There's yeah. this there's this domed city full of a warlike race just on the moon, which compared to the in, you know comparative terms of the DC universe is like your backyard. Right, you know, I mean, you know, so but nobody's noticed that, but, um, yeah, it's fun, I mean, Conway throws in a lot of detail, sort of earthy, gritty detail. I mean, the fir- my favorite panel is when Starman first arrives in the Bronx and he's feeling you know weakened from the flight, and one of the tough says, uh, he says, "Hey, Ernie, did you see that? No, I don't believe it. That guy must be one of them, astronauticals, them <laughs> spacemen, the government sent to the moon. Yeah, me. I've always had a grudge against those space fellas. Ever since I read in a newspaper how that space stuff cheated folks on welfare, <laughs> like what? Like what is going on? So they mug him for his money, and of course, Starman, you know, makes short sure work of them. But I just love all that, you know, weird little details that the that Jerry throws in. And he was good at that stuff because a lot of these guys lived in New York at the time. And although I think Jerry might have been in California by this point, but um. Yeah, it's a really fun story. I mean, it's it's a nice concept. It's got a bunch of fun things. The gun store owner is, you know, at first you think kind of maybe typical, uh, not to be, you know, but like he's sort of like uh, you know, like a lunkhead, but then you see that he's actually very kind because he takes Starman back to his house and they nurse him back to health. Right. So there's lots of little little neat little things in here that are that are interesting and I kind of like the relationship that um the uh the what's the Lady Cormel has. She's mm-hmm. she's part of this ruling class and seems to be, you know, maybe just as bad as Comac, but the way she seems to taunt Comac a little. hmm The way she's like, So tell us, what are your plans for the traitor, Mikhail Tomas? Like she seems to be kind of poking at him a little. And that feels like that was Jerry laying in some story groundwork that maybe, you know, she was maybe in love with Starman. She certainly, uh, let's get it, you know, Shag's not here, so let's say she's hot. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so I feel like they were they were hinting at that a little. Like, there was a lot of story threads that Jerry could have obviously picked up and he had planned to. So, yeah, it's a fun concept and it, to me it's kind of like another winner for the first issue special. Like th- These first issue specials were supposed to just give you something that could be taken and run with. Mm. and And they do that lady cop of course uh dr fate yes and and this one too you know yeah. it really does work yeah you know it's it's interesting if
2: maybe if they had tried to do what they had done in years uh previous with showcase and brave and the bold when they were tryout books and gave them two or th- at least two or three issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it might have went over better, but I know in the seventies it was just like it was just this race to see who could pump out as as many comics as they could to Marvel and DC to beat each other off the rack. Yeah, you know, I mean, you yep. just read that over and over. That's what they were doing. That's why we pronounced me reprint titles. I mean, they were just yep. you know they were just stapling things together and throwing them out the door, basically. I mean, what it amounts to. Uh, but it's it's just a shame, you know, because if they had if they had two or three issues. Uh, to 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 fill this out, then you could have you know you could have got more of an idea where he was going with it, and I do think uh, you know obviously the O'Connell, the the cop, who by the way, what this guy's got red hair with a white stripe in his hair. <laughs> yeah. stri- it's it's like I thought is that Jim Corrigan or is it Jason Blood? What is it with DC characters with red hair and white stripes? Through how how often do you see that really? Okay, I don't, but, but anyway. But uh you know I, uh, but you know you, you know that's going to go somewhere. I did think it was interesting that that uh, you know they, they showed armed guards around it, but you've got this spaceship sitting in the harbor in uh, <laughs> in New York in broad daylight, and uh, it's like, hmm, that's that's some real good security there, guys yeah uh, but but uh, you know, other than that, I mean the arc. I, I you know I, I think Vosburg he, he, didn't he go on to do the uh, the Starfire series not too long after yes, this? Yes, he did.
1: Yeah, he did. Yeah, so he
2: he knew how to draw the ladies, mm-hmm. uh, and he definitely did. And you get um, uh, um, uh lady Liza. Man, when she's killed, uh, she's like shot, and then the next panel there's just like a pile of ash. Yeah, guess. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like wow, <laughs> that's that was pretty uh, brutal for. Or, uh, you know, code-approved comic back then, but it's the uh,
1: Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru special. It's yeah, emolition. Yeah, Im-
2: immolation, yeah. Yep. yeah. It's it's kind of interesting because a few back in your uh, your your uh, your angry uh, welfare uh, people that, uh, <laughs> that 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 attack the astronautical. Uh, he says, "I'm gonna," you know. One guy's like, "I'm gonna stab him," and you see him coming at him with a knife, but you never see him like put it in him. Mm-hmm. And then a few panels later, he's got the knife sticking out of him. It's all I, I kind of like suspected that the comics code like whited out the guy's arm with the knife going in or so I don't know it just it just seemed weird that you don't see it and then later they make a big deal out of him he pulls it out of his side and just walks away because it didn't even really hurt him but it's
1: interesting it didn't even occur to me but yeah now that you say it yeah you all of a sudden it's just stuck in his back yeah
2: yeah it's it's you know I, you know but but overall I mean it's you know there, there were some really uh, you know fun fun interesting stuff i thought the i did like the uh the, the the guy the franklin clay that owned the store and and his wife i mean that was you know he made you wonder were they going to be in the series later or was this their only part and and why would you you know who makes bean soup for breakfast i, I <laughs> they bring him food and it's let him eat his breakfast, and it's later. They say it's bean soup. I'm like, oh, okay, that's breakfast. Okay. <laughs> but, but,
1: well, you don't but, know what that moon physiology that he's got going on. With, well, that's with, with true. Yeah, that. yeah. And, you
2: know, and and yeah. uh, you know, there's some interesting things going on with Comac because it seems like in the artwork, like he's got one side of his face that's darker than the other. It's almost like a uh type thing going yes, on. that's right. Yeah, and I, and I wondered, is does that mean something? Are they slightly different, uh, you know, they're from the same race, but maybe they're like like the, you know, Frank Gorshin on Star Trek, or <laughs> I don't
1: I, don't I am black them. on the right side. He is yes. not... <laughs> Right, exactly.
2: <laughs> I thought maybe that was, you know, something, but, and there's little things stuck in there, like one of the alien words he says is "clatu." you know, and like, yeah. oh, somebody's been watching the day the Earth stood still, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which of course shows up in Star Wars and, and the evil dead evil and, dead, and, you know, right yeah, army yeah. of darkness and yeah so uh yeah i mean uh, you know i think uh it, the, the 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 visual the look is definitely a lot very john Carter. it had that it had that going on there was uh you know some of the some of the designs i you know as far as the Starman, quote unquote costume uh i don't know if that was the best part of it i think the blue skin and the red hair kind of did more for the visual than the the actual kind of white and magenta costume he's got going on but uh
1: i love his mutton chops
2: yeah that's and it, you got the medallion going on very 70s you know <laughs> uh which uh you know it's a, it's a sonic uh crystal or sonic amulet they call it in this which it seems to in this story uh, you know, everything's sound waves It disintegrates things with sound waves. And in later appearances, they kind of forego that. And it just shoots energy blasts. Okay. you know, typical, right. typical comic book, uh, energy blast. So, yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the text piece, uh, that Conway writes is interesting in it too, because it, it brings up some things that later writers picked up on that, you know, uh, is his planet the same planet as Shadow Lass from the Legion? Because she's got blue skin. And uh, later writers would run with that and say, yes, they're from the same race. Oh, uh, okay. So she, they tied them together. And, uh, and you know, I don't know. My Legion lore is not, I'm not a Legion of, I'm not a super blogger of a <laughs> Legion no, of Superbloggers. Yeah, yeah. uh, I'm not a member, but I I, I do know some stuff. And uh, so I, I was aware of that, but yeah, so it made me wonder if uh, they never, I don't think they ever say the name of the planet in this story, in this story, I don't think, in this issue. Uh, so it made me wonder if they weren't going to try to, you know, down the road, did he, did Conway have plans to have some kind of crossover with the Legion or, you know, because Karate Kid was running around in the past, in the modern times that I think are right around this time. So uh, you know there could have been some crossover there. You know, it, yeah. it, it's it's interesting to see, to see that they talk about the history of Starman. They talk they talk about all the the alien heroes at DC. Of course, they mentioned Superman and Martian Manhunter, and they talk about the fact that you know Starman was a hero in Adventure Comics, a member of the JSA. Uh, he the Star Spangled Kid had taken up the Cosmic Rod in the. Jerry Conway edited and written All-Star Comics revival of this same time. Right. And they said that Ted Knight had a broken leg. Well, was Ted's, not, Ted's leg broken for <laughs> nearly the entire series? <laughs> yeah, because I know. It, 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 you know, they talk about basically they were clearing the deck so they could do something with this star man. Which it's really, you know, nowadays it's hard to imagine that comic companies want to just crank out as much as they can of any character that makes any amount of money. But at this time, you know, um, they had, uh, pulled Robin from the all-star comics, the earth Two Robin, because the earth one Robin was getting, uh, coming back into the revived teen Titans title. So DC was like, they, they didn't want characters oversaturating or confusing readers, I guess, or, I, I guess they didn't care about Flash and Green Lantern, but Starman and Robin—you couldn't have two of them running around. I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
1: nope, no, nope, yep, yeah, I Got to draw the line. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's it's a it's a perfect perfect time to mention this because it said this was the second Starman and it never went anywhere, and he was just forgotten. And then, just three years later, they introduced a new Starman mm-hmm. in, in Adventure Comics, who was another uh, outer space character. And this this Starman was essentially forgotten. He was not in Who's Who. He didn't get a listing. Uh, He was just completely – in fact, I think – I'd have to go back and look. But I think that when the Starman that appeared in Adventure Comics got the listing in Who's Who, he's called Starman 2. Yeah. Not Starman 3, which he technically is. I think DC just completely forgot about this Starman. Now – Am I right? Because that's why you're you're here, Chris. Other than <laughs> other than, in fact, we love you. Uh, is the, the reason you're here is because you and Cindy are our Starman experts? Uh, did, did this Starman literally not appear again until James Robinson?
2: As far as I know, he did not. And it's interesting you brought up the Prince Gavin Starman, who was co-created by Steve Ditko, which right. is weird considering how much Vosberg is channeling Ditko in some of these panels. But not only did did Prince Gavin's Starman just totally supplant uh, Macau here, he also stole his logo. The Starman logo on this cover became Prince Gavin's logo. Oh, you're what, right! You're right! What, oh my yeah. god, I
1: forgot about that. Yes, you're right.
2: It's in the Who's Who. It's, on the, it's in the Adventure Comics. It's on the DC uh, Comics Presents cover where he uh, co-starred with Superman. Uh, so yeah, he was totally left just out in the dust, which is really, it's interesting to think you know, Jerry Conway was very prolific at DC Comics. I mean, all over the map after this and, uh, you know, up until the mid 80s or even toward the late 80s. And it's it's amazing to think that, you know, he could have continued this storyline in Justice League or something. It would have fit in perfect. You know, all they had to do was have him bump into the, you know, the Justice League and then explain what was going on and that that Comac was going to, you know, attack the uh invade the earth and Yeah, you're
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> the,
2: the Justice League storyline. So it's really just strange that it took James Robinson uh, you know to to uh to dig him up and you know Robinson Mikel or Michael as they start calling him uh he appeared at the end of the very first storyline in Starman. Uh you find uh you, you see him he has he's in a freak show. Uh he's chained up. And uh, you find out where he's at, you find out where the supposedly dead Will Payton is at, who is the fourth Starman by that point. Right, right. Because, uh, you know, they start numbering them. This is, of so he's Starman, Michael's, Mikhail's Starman number two. And, uh, and, you know me and Cindy covered the issues of uh, the last starman chronicles i'm really plugging my show like crazy but, <laughs> sorry but but we did cover uh just recently the the storyline where he you know rescues uh michael from the from the circus the the freak show and and uh he um he brings him to his dad ted who you know tries to reach him he can't he can no longer speak english uh He's, you know, he's very emaciated. He's, he's, he just seems like he's just, he's just a wreck. And we find out over time uh, that, and through a flashback, and I think it's Starman. I got it right here. Starman issue number twenty-eight of the of the James Robinson run is a uh, Times Past uh, issue, which they would have flashbacks to different Starman characters in those uh, Times Past uh, stories. And it's actually uh drawn by uh one of your favorites, Craig Hamilton. Nice. Uh, yeah, and uh it's it's called Super Freaks and Backstabbers, and it tells the story of what happened after this issue. It's like a direct follow up.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. I didn't he, know that.
2: That's great. Yeah. And it's and it actually finds uh uh Mikhail, he has uh he defeated Turin Ka and uh it's a lot like the uh, oddly enough, it's a lot like the movie you covered on film and water, uh, the David Bowie movie, The Man Who Fell to Earth, uh, in that he his mission has just been basically forgotten as he falls into drugs and and it's disco hot. and and <laughs> and and all all those uh, vices of the seventies, and uh, he, you know he's he's actually kind of forgot who he was to a point, and uh, and who should show up. Uh, spoilers ahead for people listening to our Starman episodes, but. Uh, Who should show up in uh, this Studio uh, 54-type club he's in uh, but Comac? Uh, (laughs) And and, and he has done the same thing. He came to Earth to get him, and he has fallen prey to drugs and sex and rock and roll, and and the two end up having a big battle. And uh, at the end of it, that's when Michael is abducted, and that's how he ends up in the freak show. Uh so it it all ties everything right back and it, it fits perfectly in with this first issue special. So uh if you've got this first issue special, if you read nothing else Go find Starman number 28.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got, it. Well, I got to go to Instuck Trades and pick those up. I keep meaning to because I I read a little bit of Starman, and I really liked it, and I don't know why I didn't continue with it. Uh, and then you guys have been doing your, your really good recap shows on Supermates, and I'm like, I really got to pick those up. So now that I know that he's so directly tied it into this Starman, too, I'm like, that's that's fantastic. I love that James Robinson did that. And he had to have seen The Man Who Fell to Earth. That, yeah. sa- that sounds just like the plot, so – he had to have seen that movie that's that's well, and, that's super cool
2: and michael even says like in the first few pages he's like he's you know got the uh, monologue and he's he's saying that they call him starman because of a song by david bowie right of course uh so uh that you know he's even tied in it even closer you know uh so yeah he's he he's he's he, by keeping him in the 70s in the time period that the comic was published rather than move it up in the, you know, timeline, Mm -hmm. uh, he's also able to fill in some of the gaps in the, you know, the DC history because, uh, he, he talks about how he met Alan Scott and he met the Martian Manhunter. So these characters who were active, but not, you know, I guess Martian Manhunter was covertly acting, you know, in the, in the post-crisis DC universe from the fifties up through the, whenever they finally first appeared in the 80s or whatever, you know. So as the sliding timeline moved right, on. You know? right, So, yeah, so he was able to kind of fill in some of those gaps, too. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, lot of, it's a lot of fun. And, and Macau, Michael, became a more important character uh, in the series. Um, Jack goes into space at one point looking for Will Payton, and Michael comes with him. And uh, it's basically the, their adventures in space. And they meet all sorts of the, you know, DC cosmic characters. They run into some of the Omega Men. There oh, you go.
1: Oh, <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> they run into some former Green Lanterns, uh, you know, Space Cabbie. They <laughs> Did
1: space they really? Way. Oh, I've got to pick these up. Holy yeah. geez. Yeah, it's it's great.
2: I mean, it, it runs through a good chunk of the latter half of the series. And uh, you eventually find out more about uh, you know his people, and and uh, and eventually, you know, even after Robinson ended the Starman series, he left comics for a bit. When he came back, he uh, he put uh, my, the Michael character into uh, his uh, Justice League when he took it over in the Cry for oh, Justice. That's and right.
1: That. That's yeah. right. I forgot about that. So he
2: was, I think, right before the New Fifty Two. As far as I know, I I didn't really follow that Justice League series because you know there's, and I'm not the first person to say that there's James Robinson. Up through Starman, and then when he came back, there's the other James Robinson, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> who you like you know blows off Roy Harper's arm and puts Out him back right, on drugs yeah, yeah, and all that. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like nah. So, so yeah, I didn't I didn't really follow it, but yeah. So he uh, they did some interesting things with him. They they had him you know explore his uh, you know he 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 ends up at one point he has a boyfriend in the 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 James Robinson Starman series, and and that actually the his boyfriend is. Uh, actually killed, and that's what leads him into Seeking vengeance and joining the Justice League And so it's They did some interesting things with the character from here
1: <laughs> Very cool, that sounds true I said, I, I'm, as soon as we get off here I gotta just go order those Because I've been, <laughs> been putting it off and putting it off And they sound really, really cool I love, you know, I the, the bits and stuff that I read it was terrific. So, yeah, we've got to get on that. And they said, I love the episode you guys have been doing. So that's, that's fantastic. I'm glad that they pick it up and ran with this. Somebody needs to do that with Lady Cop. Yes. I know that Gail Simone used Lady Cop, but I mean like a full-on Lady Cop series. But I'm not going to go to that hobby horse again. We already know about Lady Cop. Everybody <laughs> knows how awesome Lady Cop
2: is. She should have been worked into Gotham Central when they had it, you know. Uh, I mean,
1: yes, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. So uh, if, if Frank Miller
2: had just made her the Sarah Essen character – uh, year one.
1: <laughs> that would have been really. Oh my god, that blew my mind, oh, Chris. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, so no, yeah, this is you know a, for another winner for first issue special. I know we're going to get to one eventually that isn't very good, but we're not. We're not there yet. We're we're batting, this series is batting a thousand. So uh, that is very cool. I'm so glad that, that James Robinson took it and ran with it. Um, I did look it up while we were talking, and in fact, in Who's Who. The Prince Gavin Starman is just called Starman too, So they literally just forgot about this one. They yeah. just pretended like he didn't exist. So, but I'm really glad James, James Robinson didn't do that. That's that's really cool.
2: Yeah, he was really – I mean that's one thing I really loved about the series is that – of course he took the Starman. I mean he went so far back to, his, to find an obscure version of Starman from a Batman comic where Batman assumed the identity of Starman. Mm-hmm. and in in a 1950s story and since there was no batman back in the golden age in the post crisis dc universe he built this entire mystery that ran throughout the starman series who was the starman of 1951 just 1951 just one year wow uh, even though the comic was from later in the 50s but but you know he, he fudged it a little but so that that ran through the whole series. I'm not going to say who it was, uh, cool. but Thank uh, you. but yeah, yeah. I won't. It, but it's it's a it's a great mystery. He tied in so many, you know, and, and I mean, yeah, there's some of that stuff. Well, not everybody has to be related to everybody, and not everybody has to know everybody, but right, he did it in such a way that you know it just. Oh, I know that guy. If you ever flip through Who's Who, which of course we have, <laughs> we all uh, have, yeah, uh, yeah we yeah. all have, and, and thanks to you guys, people who have it now have. Uh, you know, you just, oh, I know who that is. I know who that is. And it's kind of interesting because um, the name Liza or Lissa or whatever name his girlfriend that gets killed, it's like that name sounds familiar. Was that Shadow Lass's name? No. It's like, that's not right. And I looked it up and uh, she was one of the Sinestro Corps, the same name and the same race, not the same person.
0: Wow. But she's got
2: the blue skin, the dark hair, and somebody, Jeff Johns or somebody, I guess it was Johns carried that on when they, you know, started up the Sinestro Corps. So, that who would have thought this was a throwaway, the throwaway comic that nobody touched for, you know, 20 years eventually ended up, you know, having quite a bit of influence throughout the DC universe on the fringe, you know, but Amazing. it's still it's still there. So,
1: Very cool. Very very cool. I love it. I love it. So, uh, so yeah, that's pretty much going to do it for our, our look at first issue special Starman, uh, as anybody can hear listening to this, go pick up the James Robinson Starman if you haven't already. And I'm going to follow my own advice and go do that myself. Cause it's just, I really can't wait. Plus I just want to, I think I'll be able to even enjoy the episodes that you guys do even more knowing I've read the stories. I've been enjoying them, but it's when I actually read the books, it'll be so much better. So I'm going to go do that. So, uh, I guess, is there anything else we want to talk about before we sign off? I think we covered it all. I think, I, think I think we covered it. We give 45 minutes of one book. That's uh, very good for, for first-issue special, for Pete's sake. Not, again, not that it doesn't deserve it. Not that it doesn't deserve it. So I guess next will be, you know, Dingbats of Danger Street or The Green Team or something like that. Wasn't it
2: one, there's like a version, there's an uh, The Outsiders or something? There's a, not, oh,
1: man, is that a weird-ass book. It's not Batman. It's no. nothing to do with Batman oh. Outsiders or even Alfred is the that, Outsider. That it's one is a weird... That's a real head scratcher, that one. Wow! I've never
2: wow. seen any of that one. Is that is are are they like super deformed or something yes. like that?
1: I, it is. It that is a jaw dropper. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to cover that one too. That is that is out there.
3: That is
1: really out there. But that is for another episode of the Fire and Water podcast. At least until we start first issue special podcast, which you know. <laughs> Now that we have a whole network, maybe we'll do that. Uh, Why not? Why not, yeah. (laughs) Um, Speaking of which, we should mention that uh, we are now part of the network. We have the whole Fire & Water Podcast Network going. That's the website, which is fireandwaterpodcast.com. No blogspot, just .com. And there you'll see all the shows. We have our own Facebook uh, Facebook page over on there. We have our own Twitter feed now, which is at FWpodcasts, plural. So, yeah, we can – if you want to comment, go to the website. Go to FireAndWaterPodcast.com and let us know what you think, and we'll talk about this on a later episode. Uh, everybody knows this, but we'll do it anyway. Chris, where can people find you on the interwebs?
2: Well, I'll tell you what. Just find find me right at the Fire and Water Network. That's where I'm at. There you go.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Perfect.
2: And Cindy and I on our SuperMate show sporadically – We do our Starman Chronicles series where we're covering the Starman, James Robinson, Tony Harris Starman series a few issues at a time. Usually a story arc at a time, but, you know, we'll catch a few issues in between. Uh, The next episode coming up, which we have recorded, I just haven't edited it together at this point, is uh, the Sins of the Child. Uh, Like I said, the Mikael Thomas uh, character does play a big part in that with Solomon Grundy. Oh, ask. excellent! Solomon Grande. So, uh, <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> so, so, so you get a little bit of team up action with those two guys. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, if uh, you check us out, and uh, you know, we'll we'll our plan is to to cover the entire series. Uh, we've got 80 issues and plus a few annuals and secret files and things like that. And we're making our way through it and, and really enjoying it. So, we'd love for you to join us.
1: Absolutely. Everybody should. It's a great show. And as, any, you can, as Chris said, you can find it on fireandwaterpodcast.com. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Shag, I think, we will be back next week. It depends on how I feel about it. And uh, <laughs> until, uh, again, the, oh, of course, the email address, uh, if you want to send his email, is firewaterpodcast at comcast.net. And I said, you can leave comments over at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Cr- Chris, thanks so much for filling in.
2: I'll keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. (laughs) (laughs) Always wanted to say that.
0: (laughs) Didn't know what time it. loud sound it seemed to fight came back like a slow voice on a wave of faith that were no Dj that was crazy cosmic there's
3: a star man.